from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. The man is on the show, Ross Turetsky, tremendous, tremendous person. You talk about Marvin Graves calling me a brother from another mother in the first hour of the show. This is also a brother from another mother for me, Ross Turetsky. Uh, consider him a brother. Uh, have felt that way since 2008. He is a tremendous human being. He's a tremendous husband, tremendous father, tremendous sports writer in Northeast PA with the Times leader, and just an overall great sports mind, entertainment mind. He's one of those people in this world that you could start a conversation about anything. You could talk about, uh, I'm just trying to pick Rand. You could talk about pumpkin spice with him. You could talk about, you know, Mickey Mouse's dreams and aspirations. You can talk about, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady and, you know, I mean, you, you could bring up anything with this man and he can have a conversation with you and it would always have merit and 99.9% of the time it's going to lead to some comedy and probably 100% of the time it leads to comedy. So I appreciate him. He is the father of my niche of my my niece Lorelai and he is married to a tremendous woman with Abby so uh, before we say anything here you know where sports meets life on wake up call Ross may I say happy 2019 officially on the air with you and may I say hello not only to you but to Abby and Lorelai as well hello back to you buddy it's great to be on and uh two of my favorite songs Adele hello and then uh, of course the great Lionel Richie hello is it me you're looking for I can see in your eyes and I don't know the rest of the words but I like it anyway and I can't stand Tom Brady he's gonna win another Super Bowl oh my god so yeah it's, uh, it's, it's great to be on the air with you yeah it's uh, first time on the air with you in 2019 and uh, you're a great buddy, and now 11 years in count, and we've known each other since 2008. And I knew even before that, just we were, I was uh, quite sleeping in an early morning film class with my older brother and another baseball player, because we had 5.30 in the morning baseball practices at Marywood University in good old Scranton, PA, the Electric City. And you were engaged in, in black and white old movies, like the original Mummy from the 1930s. I was passed out sleep and watching the movie later in the day because I was exhausted. But I knew you then. But then it was nice to really get to know you in May of 2008. And 11 years have gone by. And uh, been one of the most valuable and uh, really fulfilling relationships uh, that I've ever had and uh, continue to have. So I appreciate every, every chance we get to hang out and talk and shoot the breeze, buddy. And uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, it means a lot to me as well. And, you know, we, we met through tragedy, you know, so that's that's kind of, I mean, we had known each other, but we met through a mutual friend passing away who just so happened to be, you know, uh, in, a, in a car accident <clears throat> in, in, a, in a situation where she was the only one who passed away in the car accident that involved her entire family. And obviously it's, it's good that nobody else had perished in that car accident, but just very sad and um, you know, just, just makes you sit back. And I remember that phone call. I remember that phone call from Mark. It gets my hand shaky, but I remember that day and I remember not believing it. And, um, you know, Sarah, 
I, you know, I believe in heaven. I believe in a God. So Sarah, I know you can hear us and I want you to know I love you and that you mean the world to me. And the last, one of the last conversations that her and I had were that I needed to be a better friend and I wanted to be there for her more. And so, you know, hopefully I'll get the chance to do that in heaven. And I apologize that I wasn't the best of, of friends when she was here on earth, but I love her and I appreciate her. And I know that Mark is, is, is all the better because he knew Sarah and, um, God, she was a wonderful person. She was just a sweetheart. So, you know, we, we actually met at, at her memorial mass and you and I sat across from each other. And I remember cause they had sandwiches there, you know, like you make your deli meat sandwich. And I, I remember sitting across from you and I remember, I remember putting the mustard on my sandwich and having trouble getting the, it's the things you remember. I couldn't get the mustard out of the package and I could barely get it on the sandwich. And I got like a little, like a little uh, stripe of it on the sandwich. And I pretended that I was happy with it. And then I started eating it and we were just sitting across from each other and it was kind of like, Hey, I know you. And yeah, I know you too. And don't, don't we have this class together? And we started talking and then I said, Oh, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we can hang out sometime. And, and then you led me through one of the toughest moments of my life and were the friend more than any friend that was there during one of the most difficult moments in, in my life personally. And, and now 11 years later, here we are. So, I mean, you are, you are a tremendous individual and I, I got nothing but thanks for you for that. Oh, I do too. And I remember it was it was an awkward situation because you're at a, when we, we were hanging out for the first time really getting to know each other, it was an awkward situation because you're in a uh, surrounded by tragedy and you're not like sure if you should be able to crack jokes to one another, talk about sports and statistics and stuff that really in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean a lot. And you're like, should I be enjoying myself in a moment like this? Because something really horrible's happened. So I felt weird about that, but it flowed very, uh, very easily uh, the conversation. And then we hung out and we became, you know, good buddies. And uh, and I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I do, I do remember that. I remember being like, should I be laughing or smiling in a situation like this? But you know, it was it was it was nice to have some levity in such a uh, such a solemn, sad day, and it was nice to uh, have a have a good moment to uh, to remember on that day. No, absolutely, and you know, I think that that's what Sarah would have wanted if she could create friends, you know, through tragedy. I know that that would be something that she wanted. So I, I have nothing but you know, I really do. I have nothing but the utmost respect, and and I and I appreciate. You know, I, I appreciate everything, and I appreciate the fact that I blame Sarah. I think Sarah did it that day, and uh, I will I will always be thankful to Sarah for you know being a friend to me and and, and giving me another friend in uh, in a moment of of tragedy. If if anybody knew Sarah, then you would know that if she could bring anyone together on even the day that she was being honored and 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 being uh, memorialized, that that's all she would ever wanted was that everybody paired up and left that room with a new friend because that's who she was. She was selfless and, you know, so I appreciate it. So I blame Sarah Ross. I think, I think we should, I think we should. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's been, uh, over a decade now, so it's been a nice, it's, it was a nice, uh, you know, situation that, uh, turned into, you know, it, it was from sadness to happiness and a nice friendship, uh, unfolded. So hopefully many more decades to come of friendship. So, uh, you know, she she was a great person, and 
thankful that in, a, in such a weird situation, we got to finally have a conversation where you were not awake and I was passed out sleeping in the back of a classroom. <laughs> yeah. We actually got to talk and, and be able to relate to certain issues and, and situations. So it was funny. So, uh, you know, that was, that was a nice moment. I remember that to this day. And, uh, uh, I've, I've had, to, you know, I've, you know, I've, every time, you know, we've gone a little while without talking and I'm like, there's so many things I want to talk about. I send you all these like Facebook attachments and I'm like, I don't even know what, what he thinks about them, but there's the new Ghostbusters movie. There was Syracuse beating Duke, number one seed, uh, number one ranked team in the country last week. Yeah. There was the insane overtime conference games last night, uh, with the, the blown call with the Rams being the Saints with the no pass interference and then Brady being in, uh, and the Patriots winning again over the Chiefs. There was all these like cool things things in sports uh, football basketball and all these uh, these these insane things and i'm like i want to talk to him about it and then you know it's it's just always a great chance when we get to uh get to uh, chat it up and then i always hope that our friends uh mr trump and uh president trump and kim jong-un can join us and all our good friends and schwarzenegger we love when they make <laughs> guest appearances on the show and it makes my day so uh in these turbulent times, there's a government shutdown. There are people hurting. I like the distraction. I'm just being able to shoot the breeze and talk sports and movies and entertainment and life just with uh, just with a good friend. It's, it really means a lot. Yeah, well, that is mutual. That feeling is 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 there, and I appreciate it. Speaking here with Ross Turetsky, uh, writes for the Times Leader is in Northeast Pennsylvania and has a knowledge of sports all over the country and even outside of the country. Like I said, you could, I mean, I could talk to him about curling, which to most people, curling is when you lift weights, heavy weights, but curling is actually when you take a broom and you brush the ice after pushing a weight down the ice, which to me makes absolutely positively no sense, but looks like a ton of fun. And I feel like I could be professional at it. It looks awesome, but it looks like they're just sweeping very fast and very vigorously. Like they've had a bad day, so they're taking it out on the broom. And I, I, the United States shocked Canada, who like owns the sport, and beat them for the gold medal for the first time ever in last year's Olympics. So the USA, USA is the defending yeah. champions. And I think I sort of think with a bunch of like old football players, guys who recently retired, like I think like Jared Allen. And Mark Bolger, the former Rams quarterback after Kurt Warner, uh, they're like trying to form a team so they could maybe uh, qualify for next Olympics for curling. So it seems like if you, even if you're a former has-been athlete or if you're a guy who drinks beer and maybe doesn't do any sport, I'm not trying to knock the sport, but it almost seems like anyone can try to do it. And hey, who knows if they're going to be good or bad at it. It's, I don't know. Is it a sport? Is it a skill? I'm not sure. It's kind of like bowling in a way. I'm impressed with someone who's good at it. I don't know how athletically gifted you have to be to do it, but it's still pretty cool to see. But it would be a cool sport to try out. I don't know. I think that that's – I'm trying to think of what sport could I be an Olympic athlete for. And I think that's the only one I could do. But I think <laughs> if I'm going to do this, I need you to join the team, and then we need to find like one or two other people who can just show up and we'll give them food and drinks and some cool times and see if we can actually do this. Because, hey, I think we can become Olympic athletes. I don't know. This is, I think, our only chance. Because I don't see myself slam dunking a basketball or hitting a home run or scoring a game winning goal in hockey. I don't see that happening. But maybe we could qualify for Olympic curling. Yeah, I think we could. And I think it's also a scene that was cut out of Mary Poppins with Dick Van Dyke. So, yes. you know, but, but the reality of it all is, yeah, why not? curling or the bobsled but if i did the bobsled i want people to understand yes it's because of cool runnings and yes it's because it's one of my favorite movies of all time i want to be on the jamaica bobsled team because in my opinion you know why not why can't i do it i would love to do it 
and I would want Dougie Doug to be a part of it with me, and we would have to sing the same songs. And you know what? I would even have I, – I, I think – see, I would comprise my team of, crazy, of just a little bit of crazy. So it would be you, you and I, Dennis Rodman, and Kanye West. That's what I want. Kanye, Dennis, and the both of us. <laughs> We've got stuff. You got some mentally unstable people there. You got, and hey, I might be one of them. Who knows? And then you go, of course, you got Kanye and Dennis Rodman. I don't know how uh, how sound of mind they are as well. But yeah. you have all these like cool guys and characters. And hey, that's where I went for my honeymoon. The only time I ever left the country was for my honeymoon, which was in Jamaica. And I took a picture with my new wife in front of the uh, the bobsled from, I guess, the real. Cool run-ins, uh, Jamaican bobsled team from the 1988 Olympics. So maybe it's Kismet and Destiny. Yeah, I think it is Destiny. And if, if anybody heard that little gong here in the studio, I think that that, you know, I think a gong always sounds when something is inevitable. So, you know, that time is now. And I, I think that it can happen. And, you know, Kanye needs to get back on the horse again because he's with the Kardashian, which inevitably means that, his career may be over. And Dennis Rodman, you know, I mean, how can you get any lower than marrying yourself, which I might do at some point in my history. So, you know, I think, I think, I think the reality of it all is, you know, we would be a tremendous team. And I think the two sane people on the team, Rodman and and Kanye would accept us. (laughs) I would say the two sane people are Rodman, who talks to Kim Jong-un is a peacekeeper for South, uh, for North Korea and the United States. Between Trump and Kim Jong-un. He might be future president of the United States one day. So Rodman, and I'd say you are the two sane people. I'd say Kanye and me are a little <laughs> bit off kilter. I think there's a few uh, apples missing uh, off that trip. Yeah, well, there's some fun people out there that would that would say that, you know, some people would say we're all sane. Some people would say we're all crazy. But that's okay. If Rodman and, and Kanye are willing, willing to roll with us in that, you know, then I'm ready to feel the rhythm, feel the ride, get on up. It's bobsled time because it's 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 time. If I'm going to be in the Olympics, I want to have fun. I either want to push a weight down and show everybody that I can skate and or I want a bobsled. And we could be like Forrest Gump. Ping pong could be a sport I could do. I just thought of another sport because I can't really do many physically gifted sports, but ping pong is a possibility. I can bowl. Is bowling involved? I can bowl. I think bowling could be an Olympic. I think it might be. I have to look that one up. I think it actually is somehow. I know golf is one, but I've never golfed besides miniature golf. I probably would do like Happy Gilmore and I would ride it like a pony if I got a shot. And it would be kind of innuendo in nature, sexual innuendo in nature. So they probably would not like that at the Olympics. But that is an Olympic sport. So I could probably ride my golf club like a pony if that was okay. But I don't know. I think we have limited choices. So bobsled would be one. You put this as a poll maybe as a sport that that we should do or maybe what the audience would like to do or what they think they could do best because uh, let's be honest we're not going to all be basketball stars slam dunking the ball it's just I can't dunk a ball I'm not gifted that way but with, if you what sport could the average person think you, you uh, your best chance of qualifying for the Olympics I think that could be a poll question I think would it be curling would it be bowling golf bobsled who knows I think that'd be a fun uh, fun question to ask the audience yeah so they're adding to the 2020 games in Tokyo karate skateboarding Sports climbing, whatever that means, surfing and baseball slash softball. So oh, I could do karate for sure. I I think I could make the noises like Bruce Lee and go wah, and I would do the crane <laughs> kick like uh, Daniel Larusso, wax on, wax off. I wouldn't be great at karate, but I think I could. I would at least have fun doing karate, and I think I'd probably would break my leg in the process. I think my leg would crack on impact. Me trying to jump in midair kicking but i would have fun i would make the sound effects so karate would be a fun one for me to try <laughs> there's surfing obstacle racing bowling and ultimate frisbee 
that are trying to get in 2024. We could do ultimate frisbee. T- I mean, I could play basketball. I mean, I know I could play basketball. I would like to think I could throw a football. But and you obviously had success playing collegiate baseball. But but the reality of it all is, if I'm going to the Olympics, I want to play a sport that I can have fun and not fully understand how we got an invitation. So it, I think ultimate fris- frisbee would be. I mean, if I mean, it's not even can jam. I mean, I, I don't even have to get it in the can. I just have to, you know, ultimate frizz. So I think ultimate. It's a fun sport. I remember in college there'd be people like playing in hacky sack in the quad. They would be doing ultimate frisbee. I was like, what the heck is this? It's kind of like a hipster sport, but hey, hipsters are very popular now. They're all the rage. Where I think ultimate frisbee is when you make you make like the game. I think ultimate frisbee is you like you just they at least how it felt at Marywood is that they just throw a frisbee around and they're like, all right, do a flip and catch it. All right, now run really far and catch it. All right, now hit yourself in the face with it. Okay, now put a sandwich on it and throw it to me. I feel like the rules change all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Ultimate Frisbee has a signature set of rules or if it's just, you know, let's throw the ris- frisbee around and maybe, maybe just be on LSD for a little while. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I think you so. I think you'd have to get, like, the Seth Rogen Pineapple Express team to go because I think most of the people, and nothing against them, most people that would try to play Ultimate Frisbee and try to get me to join their games, I think they were stoned out of their mind in college doing it. So I think most of the time they probably don't even remember that they were playing the sport. Yeah. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And that, they were playing an Olympic sport and they didn't even realize it. That would make sense since they had, you know, uh, shorts and flip-flops on when it was snowing outside. It makes a yes, lot of sense. Yes, I remember that. It'd be two degrees out. <laughs> and there was there was these two brothers called the Shorts Brothers. They were like 50 years old going to college. And it could be 20 below zero and they'd wear shorts. And I'm like, what is the matter with you? And they're like, right, it's a nice sunny day out here. I'm like, you're insane. Your legs are purple. There's no sun in Scranton. People know that. <laughs> Out of the whole year, 365 days, 10 days of sun. You're being nice because I say six. I say six out of 365. So, Ross Tretzky here with me this morning. We got some stuff to talk about. Syracuse basketball, uh, men's and women's, as well as Syracuse football and the NFL. Let's, let's talk Syracuse women's basketball. They lost in their game yesterday on the road at Georgia Tech. But going into that game, 4-0 in the ACC, ranked in the top 15, 15 wins this season, 15-3 and overall. They beat two ranked teams this season. They lost to ranked Minnesota by four They lost on the road. They lost to ranked Oregon, who is in the top three by two. So their, their losses are not that bad. They were on a nine-game winning streak before losing the game yesterday. I mean, this this is a team that is bound for another NCAA tournament bid, you would like to hope and think, and a team that's looking at, at, at good seating in the ACC tournament. We don't talk about women's basketball enough as a country, so let's discuss a little bit here. I got Coach Q coming out with me at the Press Room Pub on 220 Harold Place in Syracuse, New York, downtown this Tuesday, January 22nd from 6 to 7, so come hang out with us. If you're not going to be in town, you can watch us on live video on Facebook Live. But, Ross, what are your, what are your thoughts? Because... Syracuse women's basketball, 9-1 and in their last 10 games, 15-3 and overall, not having bad losses and, and looking pretty amazing. And they, they've, won in new, they've won all their games on neutral court, the St. Pete shootout. They won in the Cancun Challenge, and, and they also had a, an, another game in the New York area by New York City. So they're 6-0 and on neutral court, which is what you need for the ACC or for the NCAA tournament. So what are your overall thoughts on the women? They're a legit squad. As you were saying, they're very, I'd say, underappreciated and flying at the radar because everyone 
nationally and even probably local in the Syracuse bubble probably think of Jim Beheim, Syracuse Orange basketball, Carmelo Anthony, Jerry McNamara win the national championship, Final Four appearances, all the great history, all the amazing NCAA tournament runs, and they don't really get the press, uh, you know, especially nationally, they don't uh, of well, you know of the men's squad, but the women's squad has been very consistent, very good for for quite a while now, uh, a top ranked team. They made it to the Final Four, what was it, just a couple of years ago, made a big-time run, almost won the national title, and I thought even that kind of flew under the radar. It's like, you know, Syracuse uh, is, is going to possibly win a championship, and, you know, no one really seemed to realize that it's the women's squad, not the men's squad. The women's squad, they're fundamentally sound, they're fun to watch. That coach is a heck of a coach. He really seems to be a great inspirational leader. They really they follow his lead. I think he kind of looks a little like Mike Tirico, who I think went to Syracuse as a big-time broadcaster now for NBC, formerly Monday Night Football with ESPN. And he just seems like a great coach to play for. He uh, seems like he'd be a great player coach, and then he'd... Uh, you know, he'll give you, he'll comfort you, and uh, and try to lift you up when you're feeling down. But he also could probably, uh, you know, light a fire under you and really uh, kick it up a year when he needs to, if the squad is is not, uh, you know, falling into into place. But I've really been impressed. I've been following them. I watch a few games during the year of the women's squad. I watch basically all the men's games. But the women's squad is highly underappreciated. And I think people locally and nationally, but especially locally, where you can make a difference and you can show out, show up to these games at the Carrier uh, Dome and sell out the place, go to the games, and cheer on this squad because I think they're a heck of a team, and I'm glad that you're giving them some press now and you're having a one-on-one sit-down with the coach each and every week. And, uh, yeah, I think he's a great coach to play for, and uh, I see great things. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully one day maybe the men's squad will always be kind of the team everyone focuses on in Syracuse and, and around the country. But I'm hoping the women's squad gets recognized as one of those top women basketball teams in the country kind of go along with Connecticut and Tennessee and Baylor and all those big-time women's basketball schools that Syracuse gets to be up there as well because they're a heck of a team. They're a top-ranked team. They're going to go to the tournament. And hey, they might make another run to try to win it all this year. That coming from Ross Tretzky here inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're going to take a quick step aside here for a fast break. Before we do that, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, 
going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrySigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. News: The Press Room Pub, located on 220 Herald Place in historic Herald Square in downtown Syracuse, is where entertainment and sports become one. Trivia is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. with host Dan Tortora. Sports are always on from every angle at the Press Room Pub. The main floor features a full bar and restaurant with two private party rooms featuring games, a colossal television, and more. So head out for lunch, dinner, or a drink and plan your parties with the Press Room Pub. 220 Herald Place in downtown Syracuse. Call 315-569-4345 for more information. The Press Room awaits you. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. What is up, my good people? Happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy day to remember to be this way every day, which is like Valentine's Day. You know, whenever, oh my God, I got to buy candy. I got to buy flowers. I got to, oh my God, I got to tell my wife that I love her. I got to, I got to tell my husband, I'm going to, you know, tonight's going to be the night that, you know, like that we hold hands and we go out to dinner. No, you do that every single day. Okay, you do that every single day. I'm going to paraphrase what Chris Rock said because I can't say it on my family show, but I'm going to paraphrase what Chris Rock said in a relationship. You should always be close, intimate, and go places. Be good to each other, hold hands, be romantically involved, and go places with each other. That's what you should do. Don't wait until you're retired to enjoy your life. That's stupid. Don't wait and, you know, don't don't be the person that doesn't show love every single day. And we're giving words from Martin Luther King all throughout the show. So I, I do want to put this one here. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Dan, why do you have a sports show where you talk about God? Dan, why do you have a sports show where you talk about life and you talk about leadership and you talk about family and you talk about personal stuff and you let people see what it is? Why do you talk about bullying? Why do you, why do you, why are you transparent? Why do you do that? Because our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Ross, expand on this a little bit. What are your thoughts on that quote by Martin Luther King? Well, I well, I, well, but being silent when you see, you see injustice, uh, injustice, I think that's the ultimate right there. Because if you are able to say something, or you, especially if you have the platform, or you have a show like you, or you have any importance uh, position, and you have a chance to make someone's life better, and you're seeing someone being pushed down and being racially profiled. Uh, religious injustice, if you see any of that stuff, uh, people bullying people and all that, and like as you said, oh, why are you talking about it? They're all interconnected, these issues. It's life. Sports is a nice little segment of life, but it's basically a nice distraction from our everyday lives because our everyday lives can be very cold, it can be very brutal and sad, and it's a nice little happy moment. So even when people are going berserk and saying, we got robbed in New Orleans because of the game last night, in the grand scheme of things, it's a fun distraction. We had a fun three and a half hours even though you're, you know, if you're a big fan of that team or you're a gambler and, uh, and someone might come to break your legs, you're in tears. But when you deal with the harshness of life, 
it, it's just a nice uh, play, playful distraction and it really you know because of people like soldiers and everyone who before us has fought for your right to have that freedom you have the ability to enjoy pick out on nachos and beer for three hours enjoy a fun football game and with injustice uh martin luther king kind of also as the same uh, sentiment as gandhi did i love the idea of peaceful protest that they're beating on you. They're being nasty. They're being horrible to you. And as Michelle Obama was saying in the same kind of sentiment, when they go low, we go higher. You know, we don't stoop to their level. And I think sometimes people are trying to get really nasty in politics. And in almost all realms of life, people get very nasty. And if someone says something or does something bad to them, they try to just hit them right back with a retaliation shot to go even lower and really hit them where it hurts. And I even feel that way with like the government shutdown. Right now, I think both sides are acting like babies like infants who need to go to either side take a time out and say get over yourselves there are people hurting you need to help them and let's co- compromise i know you guys think you're so different i like to say i do a crazy sports show every week on facebook i like to say we're closer uh, to one another than we are different and we gotta embrace those differences there are differences you gotta embrace them but let's not be mean and horrible despicable people to one another because in the end we're very much more alike than we are different and we're all, you know, in the end, sadly, we're all going to end up in the same place. But while we're there, wouldn't you, while we're here, wouldn't you want to make it the best experience for everyone possible? And so someone's hurting, someone's starving, someone needs, you know, the sandwich or the shirt off your back. And if you could provide for them and you have the assets and you have some extra money or you have the ability to volunteer and help someone out, like a big brother, big sister program. Uh, in the spirit of Martin Luther King Day, on this day and any other day, and this is considered a day of service. I remember when President Obama was in office, he made this a day of service. Other presidents before him have done it as well. You go out in your community and you help them and make it a better place than where you where you found it. Make it a better place when you leave it. Make it a better uh, community for everyone involved, whether they're rich, poor, indifferent, no matter what race, no matter what religion you're a part of. And I know some people say, oh, it's, these are good cliches. They're more than cliches. you got to make this part of your everyday life because it can be so cruel, this life. And I've experienced some horrible things in my life. Other people have experienced even worse things in their lives. So in the end, you don't know where that person's coming from when they're being mean to you or you're being nasty to them. So why can't we just be nice to each other and let's actually come together? And as uh, Dr. King's speech said, uh, no matter what race, religion, or creed you are, you know, he wanted his children to be able to play with the other children in the, in the neighborhood, no matter what race they were, and that they can come together and no one would care about it. They would be able to be friends, hold hands, play, and they could just be one people. And that's what it should be. And I would, I want, I think we're getting, making progress, but I feel like every time we're making progress, we're getting pushed down a little bit by people who are trying to push it back down to a negative level. And we got to just keep fighting, push it back and push forward. And let's, let's just stay together because I want that ability where, uh, you know, President Obama became the first African-American president. I want one day where, you know, there's the first female president, when there's the first openly gay president, that it's not even an issue. It's not even a story because they're just the president. They're just that great person. They're Jack Robinson was the first person to break the color barrier in Major League Baseball. You know, you want it to be that when that person does that first, that it becomes so commonplace because we're all connected. We're all together in that melting pot that they're just the, the most qualified for a person for the job. And it shouldn't matter what they are and what they believe in. And let's just believe in peoplehood and let's be together. And that's what I think his uh, message is. And it still resonates today over 50 years later after he made that speech. Yeah, we're looking at the fact that and you brought up, you know, the government and the shutdown. People already think the government doesn't work for you now. 
hundreds of thousands of Americans may not be working at all in this time. And just so you know, it affects the Department of the Treasury, who handles money. It depends the it affects the Department of Agriculture. It affects the Department of the Interior, the Department of State, the, De- the Department of Housing and Urban Development, you know, living, the Department of Transportation, you know, because we have to move from place to place, the Department of Commerce, the Department of Justice, and I saved this one for last, the Homeland Security Department. So it makes you feel safe all around. Your money, your overall safety, your health and well-being, your housing, you know, not important stuff to this country by any stretch of the imagination. Buddy, uh, you know you fly to a lot of different sports conference. Uh, yeah. Uh, you do your interviews and everything. Go to ACC uh, conference calls, and uh, we're about to go to a trip for Seattle for a family wedding. I don't know what to expect because I've been hearing all these stories about you know TSA workers. They either calling out sick because they need to find other work that will pay them, or they're being forced to work and they're not getting paid. And a lot of times they don't always have the greatest uh, attitude to begin with. They might be in a bad mood. How would you feel if you then have to be forced to go to work without getting paid, and you have all these bills that are piling up, and you know people are going to be nasty to one another, and in that ho- hostile kind of situation environment. I can understand people getting really, uh, you know, just losing their minds at that situation. I can't fathom being forced to work without getting paid, and then the bills are piling up, and you're losing kind of your sense of purpose. Like I go to work, but I also need a check to keep my family afloat and our way of life. So it's just such a tough thing. So in these times, especially when everyone is being so negative and so divisive, we need to stay together. I think the last time we were on the air together, we talked about the Pittsburgh synagogue tragedy. Yeah, and. And the, unfortunately, it seems to be another tragedy that keeps building each every time. It always seems to be a new school shooting or a new shooting at this place. Or if they're not a shooting, it's just people being bad to each other. Because there was even the situation, I don't know if you saw it this weekend, where uh, the Native Americans were having, because they had a women's march, they had a Native, Native Americans march, and they had these like very nasty white teenage kids at, a, at a, I think, a Catholic school who were mocking them, making jokes, and making fun of these Native American people. And just the looks on their faces, the smiles of glee when they were being mean to these people and being horrible people uh, and not treating them as their equals, I thought was just despicable. So things like that, especially on a day like this when you're supposed to remember all the great things that uh, Dr. King stood for, you can't just rest when you see injustice like that and feel like, oh, this is a good thing. We're making progress, but we're still not there yet. And we not have totally fulfilled his dream yet. And I think we got to keep fighting to fulfill that dream. Because uh, when I see things like that, when people are just being cruel to each other, and you know, when I saw those high school kids putting down these elderly men who were marching at, in their rally and being just na- really nasty people, I was like, what are you doing? Like, this gives you joy to be to take someone down and make them feel like aw- feel awful? I'm like, I can't believe that they were raised that way or they think that that's okay. And that just bothered the heck out of me when I saw the smile on these kids' faces when they were being mean and, and being very cruel to these other people. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it makes no sense that we live in a world where hate is so readily available but love is not and the and the funny thing about it is and not that love is not but it you know it, put it to you like this this world was you know i mean when when we created social media when all these geniuses created social media and the algorithms and the this and that and whatever to connect us all anywhere in the world in every nook and cranny that has the internet i thought it was meant to bring us together not to bring us apart, but to bring us together. And people use this to spread hate faster, to make it 
something that I mean, it, it, I thought that love was supposed to be spread. I thought it was supposed to bring us together, give us more of a sense of community, you know, less than six degrees of separation, all of this good stuff. And, you know, people use it for negative negative means and negative acts. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, do I use Snapchat? Yes. But what it, what is Snapchat? Snapchat is a place where you can... Now, I talk to people on there that I would like to think, you know, I would like to speak with and, and, and that, you know, matter. But, you know, Snapchat is also a place where I know people have gone. And unfortunately, that, that hit my home. It hit a lot of homes. But so people go to Snapchat because it's where everything disappears. You can write something, say something, send something, video, picture, whatever, and it's there and it goes away. If you don't screenshot, it disappears like it never even happened. So, you know, social media is supposed to bring people together. It's not supposed to be divisive. And I think, you know, when people talk about what can you do right here, right now in this moment, you could go on social media and only say positive things. You can have an opinion, have a constructive opinion about something that you don't agree with. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything. I'm saying that when you go out into this world, spread positivity. Learn how to say something in a positive way. Wow, I didn't really like this movie, but I appreciate the fact that I got to see it with my grandmother. Or I really didn't like that song but, you know, here's, you know, here are the reasons why I didn't like it, because I think it, it spreads, you know, an anti-female movement or, you know, it, it sends the wrong message to our children. Just, I mean, to, to put out hate speech is something that is unnecessary. You can disagree with damn near anything in the world and do it respectfully. I mean, for goodness sakes, I write articles all the time about Syracuse sports and I can be critical of something that's going on. I can question something that's going on but these guys at the end of the game you know shake my hand and give me a hug because they know at the end of the day it's not a personal attack I don't wish ill on them it's just stating an obvious fact they missed 12 free throws they lost by six they got to shoot their free throws better they can't be missing wide open shots is it a mental thing I'm not asking a question that they're not asking themselves there's a way to talk to each other in this world where you don't agree with each other but you don't have to be a jerk about it and spreading hate is a very lethal, very direct shock value thing that is unnecessary in this world. We're supposed to be coming together through social media. So if you want to know on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and on any day, how can we make the world a better place? On social media, post positive messages. Post inspirational quotes. If you disagree with someone, be respectful in the argument. Be respectful in the discussion. Make it a discussion as opposed to an argument. Don't swear. Don't call people names. Don't disrespect and put people down. We've all made our mistakes, and you have to get better from that. I don't believe that screaming and yelling does anything. I don't think silence does anything. I don't think that any type of hate, whether the ignoring of another person, that's not positive, or the hate that you spread through negative words and negative actions is not positive as well. You can disagree with whoever you want to disagree with. Just treat that person as you would want yourself to be treated. Treat that person as if they are the love of your life and handle it that way. Be kind. I'm not saying use kid gloves. I'm saying be kind. I'm saying listen. I'm saying we have overcomplicated this world to the point where we don't even understand what the hell we're mad about anymore. Don't hate. Spread love. Don't ever attack somebody, who they are, what they look like, what they're about. Somebody's a rapist out there. Pray for them. Say that you don't want them around your children. Say that it's something that we need to take out of our society. Seek to understand what's happening, why it's happening, why did this person turn that corner. 
But you don't have to go out there and say, oh, I'm going to kill them because they did this and I'm going to murder this. We don't have to spread hate any more than it's already spread. We need to spread love. You don't stop a wildfire by putting more fire on it. You stop a wildfire by dropping the necessary equipment and services that are going to contain that wildfire. Fire does not stop fire. And I, I think that it's it's easy to say, but I challenge everybody on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, message boards, my website, everybody's website, so on and so forth, to be a kind-hearted individual. And if you respectfully disagree with someone, do it respectfully. That's the key word. And then move forward with your day. Stop trying to hurt people, especially strangers who have no idea why you're attacking them. And I would like to add this, buddy. Let's start with the stupid, silly threats. Because like when you saw like Cody Parker, uh, the kicker of the Bears, who missed that double-doing field goal, even though it was technically blocked by the Eagle guy, but at first it was considered they had the jokes making fun of like the uh, the bird box uh, challenges, but they put the blindfold meme on him like he didn't see where he was kicking the ball. And they've done the same things with the referees, you know, when they made the horrible calls throughout the playoffs and stuff. But when people, like when the Bears kicker misses that field goal to win them the game, their season ends when they, you know by losing the Eagle on that missed field goal in the first round of the playoffs at home in Chicago. And then the next thing you see is he's getting death threats. He's getting horrible comments from people around there who are anonymous. who don't have to really put their name behind it. They can just put like a weird hashtag and a weird uh, Twitter handle. And, you know, you don't, you don't know how it is because then did you see that they had the funny uh, – this beer company in Chicago had a thing where if you could kick a 43-yard kick uh, in native Chicago, uh, they'd give you free beer for a year. Not one person came close to kicking that field goal. And, yes, he's a professional. He's expected to make that kick even in a high-pressured playoff situation with a game on the line. But then for you to then go crazy and make it seem like it's that easy and you don't know what his life is like and to then rip him apart. You could rip him apart that you should have made that kick. I'm very upset. It stinks. My heart's been ripped out because this is my team. But then when you see these personal attacks in sports saying, oh, you should just, you know, drop dead and this and that, you're insane. You're like, that's the other thing. The negativity of people making death threats to people because they missed the kick. They made a bad call as a referee um, or even in the music or entertainment. Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, he's had some problems. He's even admitted that he's had problems in suicidal thoughts. And then people are like wishing him ill when he broke up with Ari- when Ariana Grande pop singer broke up with him and they're like oh you should go you should go to hell and all that it's like why are you wishing bad on these people you know and then the death threats and people who are like trying to urge people to hurt themselves you don't realize there are people out there who are dealing with a lot of issues mentally and physically they're all interconnected and they might actually think and might actually try to hurt themselves so why would you then try to hurt them when you don't even know them and they're a fellow human being and then you might be pushing them over the edge by you making a horrible thoughtless uh, comment online so yeah, you know, on a, on a day like this and on any day, I want you to go out in the community and volunteer, help out, be good to your children, good, be, good, be good to people around your community, donate money when you can to like cancer research or anything like that. When there's at the grocery store, you can give an extra dollar for kids' uh, cancer uh, money to raise money for that, to uh, to find a cure for cancer, things like that. Those are things you can practical, practical things you can do uh, out in your community. But then even, as you said, behind closed door on, on online and on the internet, when people get really nasty and not have to put their name behind that, also be a good person as well. Don't be nice out there in the real world and then be disgusted out in the virtual world because your thoughts and your comments could actually hurt someone and bullying has caused a lot of kids to hurt themselves and you got to be kind to one another, whether it be a kid or an adult, because for you, anything in life, for you then to a personally attack, I like your point of view, 
you can attack how they play. So you played, you played like garbage. You stink out there. You got to improve. Uh, shoot your free throws better. That's okay. But then to attack them and say go hurt yourself because you missed a, a big shot in a basketball game, it's idiotic. In the end, it doesn't mean that much that basketball game as much as it hurts the fan when your team loses. So let's be good to one another and let's stop with the silly threats and the silly and the horrible comments that uh, you might not think much about and you think they're funny and then in the end someone can take them really seriously and might actually harm themselves so i that's another situation there i think you got to be kind and be the person in the real world that you want to portray let's be that way behind closed doors in the virtual world because if you in the real world would not say that to someone's face let's not say behind closed doors where you think you're high and mighty because you don't have to see that person face to face and say that horrible thing where he might punch you in the face Let's act the way you would do if you would say it to their face in person. That's how you should say it online, too. You should not then have the beer muscles online and say all these nasty things just because you don't think anyone can see you or hear you. Yeah, and that, and that's the reality of it all is, you know, be the kind person face-to-face and be the kind person behind closed doors as well and just learn Learn to respect one another. It's not that hard to do. Nobody wants to go online on Facebook after work and see all your smut and na- and nasty negativity. Nobody wants to go look up a picture on Twitter and see all this hate and nasty or go on Instagram and, and have posted a picture of their child and have people say, oh, that's an ugly baby. Oh, that's a... I mean, keep your opinion. I mean, go literally go back to Bambi and what Thumper says... My mother always told me, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So some people interpret my silence as, I hate you. They interpret my silence as, I don't care about you. I don't want to make something work. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be in your life. The reality of it all is, when there are mean things said, I'm silent. I want people to think about what they've said. I'm going to think about what I said. Silence sometimes is golden. Silence when you see something that's wrong is not okay. I'm not saying that. But the silence of letting things marinate, letting people see and hear themselves. Because if a person can say something or do something mean, and then in the silence, hear it echo and bounce off the walls, and it doesn't drive them crazy that they've done something mean, then that's who they are. But when a person can sit in silence and go, wow, I'm hearing my words, I'm seeing my actions, I'm alone in my thoughts, I need to be a better person, those are the people you want to be around because those are the people that grow. And I pray for both. I pray for those that don't grow. I pray for those that do. I hope that we all can grow. But silence is meant to to show that. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. You take a step back, you gauge the situation, you think, and then you move forward. And it's not that hard to do. You just have to be able to do it, but you have to care about other people in order to do that. And that's the first step in everything is to care and to love. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Another message here from Martin Luther King Jr. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. It's like cut from the same words of my grandmother. We'll take a fast break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about Syracuse men's basketball, a little bit about the football team, and we'll get into the NFL. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey. 
Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to Canine Campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. 
That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Reading about Martin Luther King and Marywood University, where Ross Turetsky, who's on the line with us in this second hour of the show, Ross and I both proud alumni of Marywood University, proud Pacers, and they put up this quote, quote, intelligence plus character, that is the goal of true education. Intelligence plus Character, intelligence, to know what you're talking about, study it, and character, to be a good person. So, know what you're talking about, be a good person. That is the goal of true education, to be a good person who is spreading knowledge, to be a person without an ego who is spreading knowledge, to be a person who cares about your fellow members of society while you're spreading knowledge and learning as well. I'll add to this, Martin Luther King Jr., you're never too old to learn, and those who stop learning stop growing. So Martin Luther King Jr., tremendous human being, left us with quotes that we should use every single day. I don't care if you tape them to your forehead. Whatever it takes for you to do them and live them and be in that world, let's get there, folks, because we should have gotten there a long time ago. Kind of like the dawn of humanity a long time ago. We're here with Ross Turetsky, Syracuse men's basketball. Really quick here, Ross. They defeated Duke, number one team in the nation in the AP poll, 95-91 to in an overtime game that was tremendous. They did it almost three years to the date of when they had done it only the other time in Cameron Indoor while they were members of the ACC, and that was on Monday, January 18th of 2016. They did this on Monday, January 14th, a week ago, 2019, both on Big Monday, and then they defeated Pittsburgh when they came back home. Syracuse is 13-5, and 4-1 in the ACC. They now have a signature win over the top team in the nation. They also have wins over Georgetown and Ohio State. And they've won every single one of their true road games, which typically Syracuse struggles with. What do you think about the Orange men's basketball team? I've just been very impressed because they started off the year so inconsistently, and I know always the uh, people like to kind of you know be, kind of be negative with them because they win a lot of games early in the year where they don't leave the state of New York and they stay local and they beat up on some bad teams. Started off kind of poor this year, losing some games they should have won, and it was disappointing. But hey, to come in there and beat Duke at in Duke with the Shoshesky squad with all those top picks who are going to be go one and done, going to be top NBA draft picks, including Zion Williamson, who just destroys uh, the basketball hoop. And it looks like he's uh, the next LeBron James out there, a man amongst boys out there on the basketball court in college, and is going to be a pro. And, and, you know, Duke has a chance to go all the way. They just knocked off undefeated ACC school Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers, who uh, I know they got upset last year, the first 16 uh, seed to knock off a number one seed in the tournament last year. But Virginia was a heck of a team. Duke just crushed, uh, beat them in a game over the weekend. So beating Duke and then coming back at home when they honored the uh, football team for winning their bowl game, having a great 10-win season with Dino Babers and company, to then win that game against Pittsburgh, another ACC uh, conference win. Syracuse is rolling a little bit. If they keep this up, I I think they deserve to be ranked, even if it's uh, 24-25 at the fringe of the uh, top 25 AP poll. And uh, I think they have a chance to get in the tournament, especially if they make a run and do something in the ACC tournament. I thought for a while it was looking very bleak, 
but they've really picked it up. I've been very impressed. And to go on the road and beat Duke when they could have won the regulation, and then they came into overtime where they could have given up, and instead they didn't. They they showed a lot of perseverance and determination, and uh, you know they they came through with flying colors. They knocked off Duke on the road. Impressive win in such a, a crowded, hostile envir- environment for a visiting team with a lot of young 18, 19, 20-year-old kids to go in and beat a, a talented Duke squad, and then to come back and not have any let-up, and then win against a Pittsburgh where they could easily let up over the weekend uh, at home with the Carrier Dome. Very impressed with that, and the Jim Beheim squad, they're starting to come into, uh, come into form now. The squad is playing better defense, better, more consistent shooting. It's not perfect yet, but the, the team overall is playing a lot more of a cohesive unit, and I just want to hopefully see this continue. I hope there's not a let-up, and they can continue this for a while. You're not going to win every game, but keep winning conference games, keep putting up an impressive resume, and make it hard for them to not put you in on uh, Selection Sunday. Uh, I think they have a good chance. They just got to keep it up, win some more key conference games, and uh, the Doug Gottliebs and the negative national sports media might might put them down and say, no, they don't deserve to be in the tournament. They seem to always be a bubble team. But hey, you win 20 games, over 20 games, and you win some clutch games, and Duke is going to be a big-time resume uh, builder when you ha- can say that tournament time, that you beat them on the road. Uh, I think they have a chance. So I, I think that, you know, Saragas, I don't necessarily think they'll win a championship this year, but I think they can make a run and make the March uh, match, make the tournament, make March Madness. And if you win a couple games there, it's an impressive season. And you get to the, the Sweet 16 and have a solid uh, squad. So Jim Beheim, who seems to be have been coaching there forever, now in his mid-70s, even as his son, uh, Buddy Beheim, on the team. And uh, the team's really uh, impressed me of late. And uh, I'm glad that they've shown perseverance when they were knocked down early year. I thought they would have given up. And uh, this would have been a really down, letdown season, maybe even under 500 season, which is unheard of for Syracuse men's basketball. And I'm glad they've really picked it up of late. So I've been very impressed with them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Syracuse's team will have a lot to talk about this week. I'll also have a lot to talk about with the ACC. Some interesting little nuggets about the ACC uh, men's basketball conference as a whole and what's going on right now. So we'll get into that as the week progresses here on Wake Up Call. Ross, really quick, and you mentioned Dino Babers, a uh, third time in the Dome, an opportunity. Where he, he came in when he was first hired and said, faith, belief without evidence. I need you all to believe. I need you all to know it, to believe that it's there. Have faith in this team. Have belief without evidence in this Syracuse team. And, you know, people did. And then he got to, in year number three for him at Syracuse, come to the Dome and tell everybody to go to the Camping World Bowl game, which I did down in Orlando. And then he came back in the Pittsburgh game and thanked everybody on behalf of the team and on behalf of the senior class. And, 10-3 10-3 and three record for Syracuse, a double-digit winning season for the first time in a long time after three straight years ago and 4-8 and eight feels very, very good. To stay with football, really quick here, Rams, Saints, Patriots, Chiefs. Both games going overtime, Ross, so I'm going to open the door for you on this one. Just your overall analysis of both games. And, you know, the the leading thing with the Saints is the non-pass interference call. The leading thing with the Patriots is that this – Friggin' team just can never, ever say die. And, I, and I'm going to say what I said to, to Tarantino, this thing, and bring it all together. Marvin Graves and I were talking about the fact that the Patriots always have storylines going in to the season and throughout the season and in the playoffs that they're starting to fall apart. I think that they release their own storylines so that everybody believes them. But the Saints, what do you think about them falling in the no-call and then what do you think about the Patriots' rushing attack and everything that they were able to do to get to yet another Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I'm going to finish a couple of thoughts because then I'm going to have to get leave uh, leave to hang up the family for the day, buddy. But yeah, quickly I'll say with the the Rams call, uh, definitely should have been pass interference or even targeting with the helmet to helmet hit. Uh, they didn't get that call. They could have bleed the clock, New Orleans, and then kick a field goal and win the game, and it's over. The Rams' offense, dynamic offense, doesn't have a chance to get the ball and tie it up. But they didn't. They had to kick the field goal, and it stinks for the Saints. They they, they did get, get robbed, even though it doesn't come down just one play. And that play was monumental, but also bad play called by passing the ball with an incomplete pass to Michael Thomas earlier in that drive. And then your defense wasn't good enough, just like the Chiefs' defense wasn't good enough to slow down Tom Brady and the Patriots, not good enough to stop the young Jared Goff and that young Rams' offense. Uh, and then in overtime, uh, Drew Brees throws that interception, that lame duck, a floater of a pass, and then the Rams, of course, win it on a 57-yard field goal. Let's remember, a 48-yard field goal that looked like he was going to miss. He made that to tie it up in, uh, at the buzzer. And then the Rams kicker made off almost a 60-yard kick, a 57-yard field goal to win the game, to go to the Super Bowl. So as much as that was a tough way to lose, and they kind of got robbed, you also have to give the Rams credit because the Rams were pers- persevered. They got down the field, and their kicker made two heck of k- uh, clutch kicks to win them that uh, NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. And then with Brady, what can you say? They seem to not have that much talent each and every year. He wills them to win. They play that underdog role very well, kind of like the Eagles did last year. And he finds Julian Edelman as a slot receiver. Gronkowski was not on the same tight end this year. He finds them when he needs them. Big time plays. Some crappy, you know, there was a rough and passer call where he barely swiped the Chiefs defender. And Brady, I feel like he sneezes at Brady. They call Penny on you, and I'm... You know, I despise Brady and Belichick and the Patriots as a lifelong suffering Jets fan, but I respect the talent and how great they are all these years later. He'll be 42 years old in August. Eight straight AFC Championship games, and now, for the last five years, Super Bowl appearances, three Super Bowl appearances in a row, and he's trying to get his sixth Super Bowl title to tie the Steelers for most Super Bowls uh, in franchise history in the NFL. So, very impressed with them, and uh, they just, you know, the Patriots shut them, the Chiefs down in the first half, 14 nothing. And then the second half, the Chiefs couldn't be stopped on offense. Pat Mahomes was amazing. Great young quarterback with a great future. But Andy Reid again loses a big game, hasn't won the big game, uh, and Philadelphia won it without him once he left as their coach. And New England, you know, when they needed it, the Chiefs' Achilles heel was that defense could not stop uh, Brady and the Patriots' offense, which no one really expected to be as dynamic as they were. They blew up the Chargers. Uh, offense couldn't be stopped against the Chiefs. And if I had to give my early pick, I would probably say as much as I, you know, me and the rest of the country besides uh, Massachusetts is going to root for the Rams because you can't stand the Patriots win another Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the uh, the goat, the greatest player of all time. As much as I hate to say it, I want to I want to kind of upchuck and heave when I say it. But Brady and Belichick will find a way to slow down the Rams' top notch offense and the great young prodigy. You got the young genius coach, youngest coach. He'll be 33 years old this Thursday in Sean McVay. He's born the same year as me in 86 against the old genius in Bill Belichick and Brady. And I think the veteran leadership and uh, the been there, done that experience will be enough to knock out the Rams. If I had to get an early pick in that game, I would go with 24-21 uh, Patriots over the Rams to win Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta, Georgia. So those are my picks, and uh, it was great being on, uh, on the air with you, buddy. And I uh, hope to talk to you real soon. And keep doing what you're doing. You're great at what you're doing, and I uh, love you, buddy. Love you too. That coming from Ross Tretzky, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Enjoy your Martin Luther King Day and say hello to everybody. So that coming from Ross Tretzky, once again, we appreciate him being on the broadcast with us this morning and under promise, over deliver. Even on a holiday, we go past 
our 9 to 11 a.m. time slot here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage, airing live Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. and, of course, on MixLR.com backslash DT. Plenty coming up this week in Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. The ingredients to success will be on, on tomorrow's broadcast and every Tuesday at 10.50 a.m. Proudly brought to you by Utica Pete's Company, and it's a Utica thing. We'll also be featuring some other surprises in the show. We'll be talking about the NFL this week. We'll be given the angles and the thoughts on the Rams' victory, as well as the Patriots, what the Chiefs should be proud of, and what the Saints should be happy with. And we will get into those nuggets, like I promised, of the ACC as we move forward here on Wake Up Call with Dance Toro. We'll also talk about the national rankings as they will have come out by the time that we talk on tomorrow's broadcast. So plenty coming up, and a lot of new hotkeys that are coming for you here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, hotkeys are those things that I will hit during the show to describe a part of the show. So a lot is coming up here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And of course, like I said, we'll be continuing to talk about the NFL playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Jim Mora, yes. We will be talking about playoffs. All week long, we'll also be talking about so many things. I will have Papa Joe's picks coming up this week, the annoying moment of the week, significant sound bites, uh, sound bites Friday morning live, FML, a.k.a. We'll have the Fantasy Football Power Hour. So much going to be here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Come out and see us tonight. I know it's cold. I know it's snowy. I get it, but Chick-fil-A's food is so good, and supporting the community makes you feel so good inside, even better than having your tummy all full. So come out and get some good Chick-fil-A and support the community. I will be with the boys' ice hockey team. How fitting on a day like today, as cold as it is. The boys' ice hockey team will be joining me at Chick-fil-A Cicero. CNS North Stars boys' ice hockey, 6 p.m. today, Monday, January 21st. Come and see us, come hang out with us, and have yourselves a tremendous day. And I leave you with these words from Martin Luther King Jr. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. God bless. I'll talk to you soon.